you know, there are times in life when you just need a miracle, don't you? That That's what you really cry out from the heart to, to want. It's that um, diagnosis or perhaps it's a loss of a job or you're feeling threatened that you might lose a job. Um, possibly it's a relationship breakdown, a huge financial loss. And uh, search your heart and you'll know times when you have cried out, God, I need a miracle. Uh, one definition of the word miracle defines it as an extraordinary event mass manifesting divine intervention in human affairs, like the healing miracles in the Gospels or in uh, the book of Acts in the Bible. But the word miracle comes from words such as mirror to wonder at, which is actually when you think about mirrors to wonder at, you wonder at yourself. But anyway, uh, from my Russ, which is wonderful, or from the Proto-Indo-European, yeah, I'm just, I don't know how to pronounce it, which means to smile, to be astonished. And uh, a miracle is something I think that should cause you to be astonished, cause you to smile and wonder. It should cause you to think about something beyond yourself. And, but, but take note in all those definitions that there is no sense of a time frame. You know, we add the time frame, don't we? Which is usually in the impatient now or in the next day, in the next two days. We want it to happen now. We want the miracle now. But when we look at the stories of Jesus and the immediacy of people being healed, bread and fish being multiplied, um, people being raised from the dead, etc. That's where we think it, it should happen now. Uh, and we see the outcome that, you know, from a miracle, a cessation of a struggle. We want it now, now, now. Yet in God's poetic economy of time, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. It's from 2 Peter 3, verse 8. Still, we uh, pray and beg and plead for miracles. We sing, fast, give, stand on our heads. We'll do anything <laughs> for that miracle. And I think we, whenever I see over-enthusiastic, over like, begging and demanding, I think of the prophets of Baal. Um, in that story from about Elijah, you know, how they were dancing around the sacrifice thinking that if they danced more and did more, that their God, Baal, would do the miracle. And the, the, the prophet Baal didn't do the miracle. Um, perhaps that version of God, the, the miracle-working God that must do it now, has to die or at least leave the building. See, something sad within me, gets really touched when I sense people are waiting for that miracle to happen. And they use language that speaks to some sort of magic God. They're waiting for God's magic wand to be swept over their problem so that with an abracadabra, the problem disappears. I want a miracle, but actually, I want to know God more than the relief of earthly struggle. And that is where the tension is, a better life or a deeper knowing. The miracle may not happen according to my terms of reference. The cancer may not go away. The marriage may continue to crumble. 
and a hard heart refuses to soften to grace. Look, I believe in the miracles. I believe that um, they can happen. But they may come in small, unobserved experiences we have every day. They may not be in the time frame I demand, but they will always be in God's time frame. I suppose I mostly see miracles in mental health recovery when the movement is small, uh, microscopically small, <laughs> microscopically small miracles, <laughs> as small as a brain neuron being grown in a new direction. A thinking habit is born in all its vulnerability, but then it is nurtured and cared for and grows into a deep abiding change. Is that a miracle? Yeah, I, I, look, I've seen people change from deep despair and loss to being confident in God and having incredible hope. Did that happen overnight? No. But Spirit, holy, was on the move through the brain's grey matter. The addict, once entrenched in the addiction, has a brain changed and walks free. In my mind, that's a miracle. You, you may have heard of the story of the drowning man and how God sends many helpers to him. Well, here's one version. You see, a storm descended on a small town and the downpour soon turned into a flood. As the waters rose, the local preacher, <laughs> it could be anyone though, kneels in prayer on the church porch, surrounded by water. By and by, one of the some of the townsfolk comes up the street in a canoe. Better get in, preacher. The waters are rising fast. No, says the preacher. I have faith in the Lord. He will save me. Still the waters rise. Now the preacher is up on the balcony, wringing his hands in supplication, when another guy zips up in a motorbike. Come on, preacher, we need to get out of here. The levee's going to break any minute. Once again, the preacher is unmoved. I shall remain. The Lord will see me through. After a while, the levee breaks and the flood rushes over the church until only the steeple remains above the water. The preacher is up there, clinging to the cross, when a helicopter descends out of the clouds and the state trooper calls down to him through a megaphone. Grab the lead, lead up, preacher, this is your last chance. Once again, the preacher insists that the Lord will deliver him. And predictably, and sadly, and unnecessarily, he drowns. The preacher goes to heaven, and after a while, he gets an interview with God. And he asks, Almighty God, um, Lord, I've had unwavering faith in you. Why didn't you deliver me from the, that flood? God shakes his head. What did you want from me? I sent you two boats and a helicopter. <laughs> the, the helicopter and the boat may well be some medication, budgeting advice, counseling, wisdom from seasoned travelers. No, we, we so often miss out on what God is wanting you to do because we're waiting for a miracle. Look, it seems that many people want the miracle, but without the effort and trust of a partnership. Fix my problem, God, but on my terms. And God says, fine, but I work through faith in my people. Are you willing to trust me in this? It could be the partnership of a doctor, counsellor, pastor, spiritual director, budget advisor, pharmacist. <laughs> I've seen lots of miracles happen in people's finances when they've got a budget. <laughs> Look, and there is no shame in asking for help. Even Jesus needed others to help him. Jesus asked a woman to draw water from a well. 
Why didn't he just cause it to spring up and flood him? That would be a miracle. He had all the power in the world and the heavens to do this, but he didn't. He needed her to give what she could provide. He still does. He needs us. Partnerships offered where a supernatural miracle was seen as more important than deep knowing of God. Jesus, to assuage his hunger, was taunted by Satan to turn stones into bread. In a state of extreme hunger, which the devil took advantage of in the first test, since you are God's son, speak the word that the, that will turn these stones into loaves of bread. Jesus answered by quoting Deuteronomy, It takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of God's words, words from God's mouth. Look, Jesus could have made his life a lot easier and performed the miracle of turning stones into bread. But knowing God's spiritual sustenance was of more importance. Look, what has the helicopter been offered to you? I've seen people drown in mental unwellness because they've kept waiting for God to do the miracle. Help has been offered, advice suggested, but they kept on demanding and pleading with God to do something God wasn't willing to do. The miracle might be some medication, some support and mentoring advice. It doesn't have to be grand and over over the top to make it from God. Elijah found that God was in the whisper and not in the storm. 1 Kings 19, 11-13 What is the small that has been offered to you? Here's in quotes. There is no greater disaster in the spiritual life than to be immersed in unreality, for life is maintained and nourished in us by our vital relation with realities outside and above us. When our life feeds on unreality, it must starve and die. The death by which we enter into life is not an escape from reality, but a complete gift of ourselves which involves a total commitment to reality. That's from Thomas Merton. Where there is great love, there is always miracles. The spiritual life begins with accepting and living living our reality. Richard Rohr. Integrating the fullness of the human condition into one's spiritual practice is what leads to emotional sobriety. Ingrid Mathau. Although incredibly seductive, anything that promises the light without acknowledging the shadow isn't telling the whole story. Ingrid Mathau. We are drawn to the light just like a flower to the sun. However, unless we stay rooted, plugged into the dirt, we won't be able to survive. Ingrid Mathau. Here's some questions for you to consider. Why are miracles so seductive? Why? Why? What happened? What miracles have happened in your life that you may have overlooked as being miracles? And number three, what helicopters and lifeboats do you not do you not notice because you're waiting for the supernatural? <laughs> hey, um, let us know what you think of this. Send me an email, barry at turningthepage.co.nz and um, love to hear from you. Okay, until next time, look for helicopters and look for lifeboats. Bye.